0: The universe has good news for the lost, lonely, and heartsick. Sugar is here, the both of us, speaking straight into your ears. I'm Cheryl Strayed.
1: I'm Steve Almond. This is Dear Sugar Radio. Oh, dear song, won't you please Share some little sweetness Hi, Cheryl.
0: Hi, Steve. So we are in week two of our episodes on friendship. Last week, we did the frequently asked questions. Mm -hmm. This week, we're narrowing our focus a bit to look at what happens when men and women are friends and the issues that might arise. Why don't we just dive right in, my friend? Let's
1: do it. Let's do it, my friend. All right. Dear Sugars, I'm a young woman in a tight-knit, male-dominated creative industry. Our work is our art, and our art is our work, which means there's ample opportunity to make meaningful connections that extend well beyond the proverbial water cooler. I have a few close male friends I'm deeply connected to, and I mean true friends with whom I share strong but platonic emotional bonds. I love the richness these relationships bring to my life. My partner does not. He's convinced men and women can never truly be friends, that attraction will eventually get the better of one or both parties, turning disastrous for all. He's always suspicious of my male friends and frustrated at my investment in them. Naturally, this irks me. But Sugars, is he right? Is it just unrealistic to believe real male-female friendships are sustainable? Am I being naive to think we're not chemically bound to develop romantic feelings, and that if such an attraction did occur, we could recover without losing the friendship? Signed, platonically puzzled.
0: Hmm. Well, I think we are proof that the answer to this question is, yes, men and women can really be friends platonically puzzled. I mean, I'm actually concerned about your partner who who doesn't think this. This tells me that he's not really opened himself up to relationships with women without, like, always making sex and attraction part of the equation, mm-hmm. which, which I think really limits his life. You know, I do think that there are some things to consider when you're straight and friends with somebody of the opposite sex, and yeah. you certainly want to, you know, respect your partner and make your partner feel valued and and sometimes included in those those friendships but you know they absolutely can exist. Steve, I've had male friends all my life. Yeah. And there have been times where then suddenly, you know, some sex thing enters the picture yep. and it messes everything up. But you know, in my what I can say in my experience and you know, I really identify with you platonically puzzled, you know, that you can really develop true emotional connections with people for whom you have absolutely, you know, no sexual desire and and you Purposely don't allow that into the equation.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is part of the problem with patriarchal thought and more broadly our kind of relentless gender hangups. Um, you know, uh, everybody loves Harry when Harry met Sally, but it's like a rom com, folks, okay? People have complicated lives, and because we uh, get so confused about romantic sexual intimacy and emotional intimacy, Oftentimes, there's an occluded view of what is perfectly natural. I've had mostly female friends in my life. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I like to talk about feelings, and like I, that stuff's important to me. And frankly, they're usually a little bit less self-absorbed and, and than, than men or whatever. Maybe I'm threatened and competitive with men because of my hang-ups. There's complicated reasons, but I've gravitated towards that. I lived in my last year in college, I lived with three women in the house and they were all pals of mine. And there was a little r- moment of romantic confusion with one of them. And it was something that we struggled with for a week or two. And that does happen. But for God's sakes, what your boyfriend's jealous of is that you have really powerful friends that you feel deeply connected to, not just in a professional sense, but creatively. And you you invest in those friendships and you invest your emotion in them and good on you. And if he can't get with that, then you need to get with somebody new. That's not, um, you know, I, I, it's so amply clear to me that taking the posture that that's just impossible is a kind of adolescent view of gender relations. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs>
0: it is. And, you know, I will say, I agree with you entirely, Steve, but, you know, one thing you can do if platonically puzzled, you want to Try to, you know, help your boyfriend grow a bit on this subject, because I don't think he's alone in thinking this. I've certainly heard it from uh, men before and and some women, too. You know, one of the things is you can, you know, first of all, listen to the show with with him, this episode, especially today. But, you know, I find, too, like when I think about the closest male friends I've had. You know, I always pulled them into my life in a whole way. Like, you are also friends with Brian. You know, we we became friends. I mean, we we all met around the same time, but you and I became friends first. And same with Aaron. Like, you know, I know you better than I know Aaron, but I feel like Aaron is my friend too. And Mm -hmm. there's a kind of... A sort of neutral feeling. You know, that that, right. that any idea of there being romance or sex with with all of my male friends has been neutralized by the fact that they're just very naturally part of my life. Right. And my partner also likes these people, even if I'm closer to some of these male friends. And, and it works the other way, too. My my husband has friends from graduate school. He's been friends with them, you know, decades now. Mm-hmm. And I'm included in their friendships, even right. though, you know, they're primarily friends. And, you know, maybe that's part of the problem here, platonically puzzled. I mean, I think the first part is your boyfriend believes that men and women can't be friends. But if he's willing to go a step further, open his mind, maybe think about, introducing him to these guys, mm-hmm. um, meeting them for drinks, maybe in some ways diminishing his sense of feeling
1: threatened. And I do get it because as you said yourself, you're part of a tight-knit, male-dominated creative industry. Our work is our art, ours is our work. Like he's jealous of your workplace. He's yeah. jealous of the fact that you are obviously a magnetic figure In this world of talented, creative men that you have lots in common with in terms of your art and your work and your professions and you emotionally invested in them. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's be considerate of that. But that should be a cause for uh, him. He should be happy that mm-hmm. you're able to find support in from friends as well that's the irony here that the person is resentful of the kind of friendships and supports that you get from outside but he should also understandably stake out his claim to the part that is his the romantic involvement and the emotional intimacy and so forth i think those are not mutually exclusive gosh i hope not
0: i know yeah and i will say you know this isn't something that is the domain of boyfriends. I know there are a lot of women in heterosexual relationships who have that same kind of thing. They're threatened when their male partners are friends with other women. Mm -hmm. And so it works both ways. We wish you luck. We do. Okay, next letter. Dear Sugars, I come to you as a dear devotee of anything and everything, Nora Ephron. I, along with many others, believe her writings and films know how to get at the core of human emotion, especially the male and female relationship. In particular, I have always maintained a steadfast fascination with When Harry Met Mm -hmm. Sally. As we all know, the theme of the movie surrounds the question as to whether or not men and women can be friends. And I must say that I side with Sally on this. I have formed several friendships with my male opposites throughout the years. Friendships that I treasure for their hilarity, sincerity, and lack of soap operatic drama. However, I recently have found myself at a crossroads with these male friendships. I, a textbook extrovert, take great care to know my male pals. I ask frequent questions about their families, jobs, romances, or lack thereof, because I love them and want them to know I'm interested in their well-being. My issue here is that it feels one-sided. I can count on two fingers the men that have at times been in my life, aside from my husband, who will message me or call me to check in and say hello. These two fellas devote time to knowing the real me instead of the surface-level me. The others don't bother. So I suppose my question is this, is this a guy thing or is it just my guy friends? Do men truly not take the time to think about these things and ask the in-depth questions? Can I chalk it up to gender differences? If not, how can I continue to pursue these friendships without feeling emotionally exhausted all the time? When it comes down to it, each and every one of them has qualities I admire and I truly enjoy spending time with them. Yet I'm often left to wonder if I should be pouring myself into more fulfilling friendships for my sake. Is it only female friends from here on out? Because I don't think I can handle that either. Signed girlfriend.
1: Mhm. I'm not going to take umbrage at this at all, Cheryl Strait, because actually, two friends who call you and really want to know how you're doing, that's not bad. Two male friends. Two male friends. All of her female right. friends. Okay, <laughs> all of her female friends, but two male friends, that's not bad. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say men are, you know, how dare you accuse men of being callous and self-interested and unable to engage in a deeper emotional level. And they're not as considerate. And women, in my experience, speaking in generalizations, deplorable though they might be, are more considerate, more empathic, more apt to ask how you're doing and extend their consideration in your direction than just want to joke around and, you know, kind of not get into that deep, heavy stuff, right? And I think a lot of friendship is, as I said last week in in triage, figuring out which friendships supply which things that you need that are sustaining. If you have two friends who are considerate in this way, great, nurture those friendships. But if you have friends who you goof around with, and who just aren't constitutionally ready to be the kind of friend who is going to naturally unprompted call or look you in the face and say, how you doing? Are you mm-hmm. okay? You just have to recognize that's not who they are in the context of this relationship. Um, I, I think that you can, and I love Nora Ephron, and I, I commend you to read the essay if you haven't, A Few Words About Breasts. We'll put a link to that particular essay on uh, the Dear Sugar website, simply because it's a more sophisticated and nuanced discussion of gender relations and how Nora Ephron has struggled with this feeling that she's more like a boy. And it partly had to do with developing breasts later in life and not having big breasts, but it also had to do with how she moved through the world, being more extroverted, being less apt to have those quiet, sensitive, she presented as quote-unquote masculine. Hmm. And there are certain attributes that are associated with that that aren't the kind of uh, more inward-looking attributes that I think women have the space to, or maybe suffer the burden of coming to more intuitively or more easily in the culture. So you're picking up on something real, but you also have a couple of good male friends who check in on you, and the other ones are they're not equipped to do that. And maybe you shouldn't expect it of them. Am I wrong?
0: I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I I think, girlfriend, you're right. I too have noticed this about my relationships with men. Mm-hmm. Fairly across the board, Steve. You're an exception. You know, yeah. you you do ask me how I am, and you, when I tell you, you actually ask more questions. And various times in my life, if if you knew that things were happening, you'd say, you know, I'm here for you. If you want to give me a call, you know. And I I, I think that you have a obviously a sort of emotional intelligence and that desire to make that emotional connection that's that's a little rare among your male species your straight male species (laughs) but you know i will say this is something girlfriend i've struggled with too because uh, you know i've sometimes felt really annoyed and angry i i had a couple of my best you know friends in in graduate school um were these two guys who were in the program with me they were they were not just men they were they were younger than me and we were great buds but there was definitely this dynamic of like that i was kind of this this mother Mom. figure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I do think that this has happened fairly often in my friendships with men where, you know, like I'm the one who can sort of provide for them or take care of them or hear, listen to them when they're in crisis. Mm-hmm. But would I go to them it's not for my problems? Yeah. But, you know, what I came to is that's okay. You know, to me, this seems like it's in the category of, you know, basically what you were saying, Steve, like not every friend is going to be everything to you. Right. And I also believe that either one of those guys, if I picked up my phone right now and called them and said, I really need to talk to you, they would talk to me, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that part of uh, this idea really across the board of making all our friendships work, because I, I I could list, you know, 25 friends, and there would be some qualities they share, some of the things that they all give me, and then, and then there would be some qualities that are unique to them. And I think that the most important thing is that I know that I value them in my life and that I feel valued in theirs right. and to sort of ask everyone to be able to do the same things is impossible and frankly you know girlfriend I bet you have this problem too some of my women friends are like this too mm-hmm. I have some some of my best women friends if I assert myself and say, I need to talk to you about my marriage, mm-hmm. they'll have that conversation, but, but they're never going to
1: gonna ask. Right. And I think there is an aspect here, girlfriend, in which sometimes women in this with this dynamic and these concerns will fall into a pattern of trying to model for these guys the way that they should behave towards you. And really, um, you have the right to put the touch on them and say, hey, I know we're just joking around and everything, but there's a little something more serious that's on my heart without expecting that they're going to come to that on their own. Because for whatever set of reasons, that really isn't the business of the friendship in a certain way, they just can't do that. But that doesn't mean that they don't want to know the real you. Yeah. Right?
0: You know, girlfriend, one of the most enlightening experiences for me when it comes to watching men in friendships and women in friendships is, you know, the close-up view that I've had with my husband, watching him with his friends. And we, we kind of have this running joke that, you know, he'll talk to a friend, and I'll have assumed that they've talked deeply about their relationships. And, the, and, you know, and I'll say, well, what did you talk to Peter about? We have this, we're really good friends with this couple, um, Peter and Dorothy. And, um, you know, we often will get together and we you know recently went hiking in Vermont together, right. you know, and we're hiking along for hours, you know, and Dorothy and I, you know, we go through the whole thing. It's yeah. the, the family and the children and the relation, the marriages and the, it's, it's all the emotional, like deep stuff, Right. right? And then, you know, we get to the end of this walk and I'm saying to Brian, what do you and Peter talk about? Books, basketball, music, you know, they, they talk about things in the world and I always joke, our running joke is Brian always his first answer is, well, we talked all about our relationship, you know, and it was funny about it is of course, what I've come to realize is in some ways, basketball, books, music, this is Brian's way of having intimacy with his, his friends. And it's also true that he has a deep emotional connection to Peter and to many of his other male friends, and he knows that they love each other. he knows if he ever really needed to have a, you know that emotional talk that I have every day as a matter of course with my female friends right. that, that you know Peter and his other close circle of friends would be there for him, and they would have that conversation right, but they would rather talk about basketball <laughs> they would rather talk about basketball Thank you. and you know that's just the way it is and i I, I frankly used to feel a tiny bit judgmental of that. Like, you should be delving deeper. This is, you know, you should deepen those bonds. But what I realized is that that's just my idea sure. of what a deep bond is. My, my so, sense
1: is you should be talking more about basketball. That's right. But I don't impose it well, on you. Well, this is
0: what you and Brian do, too. You right. you know, you talk about this sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. As you were talking, I was like, well, you know, we've, we've had a talk about what's going on in, 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 you know, in, in a deeper way with his mom's passing. And so if we had that talk, because yeah. I really wanted to know. I knew that was what's going on. But last night, we just played ping pong. Yeah, and, and talk about the new Bruce tar- Springsteen book. Yeah, that's right. That was it.
0: So girlfriend, I, I would just caution you. Like, you know, I think Steve's advice to say, well, you know, keep the bonds that matter most. But I would also say, you know, don't discard every bond that doesn't give you everything you want. Okay? Not every friendship's gonna give you everything. And you know, sometimes it is nice just to play ping pong with somebody. hmm Long live ping pong.
1: Long live ping pong. Okay, next letter. Dear sugars. I am 46 and still happy and in love with my husband, who I've been with for many years. We have a mutual good friend that we both knew before we met. We have many friends like that, as we grew up in the same neighborhood and knew many of the same people, but didn't end up crossing paths until we were in our later 20s. One friend, though, has been acting in a way that makes me uncomfortable and angers both me and my husband. We'll call this friend Frank. He's always had an openly perverted personality, uses inappropriate humor, and is flirtatious, but in the past has kept it funny and impersonal. Everyone knows that's just Frank. I've never been bothered by it until recently when it became personal. A couple of years ago, Frank texted me when I was at work. He started flirting heavily, which caught me off guard, and even asked me for the address for my office so he could come by. I didn't respond further. The next day, he texted me and said he was sorry he was so out of line. He said he'd been drinking and didn't mean to be so obnoxious. I said, don't worry about it. My husband and I talked about how the text conversation got weird. I had my husband read the text to make sure I wasn't overreacting. My husband felt betrayed by Frank's behavior and told me that Frank had been unfaithful to his wife in the past. This was news to me. I realized then Frank isn't just all talk. Last summer, my husband worked a lot of overtime. While he was working, I attended several social events with our group of friends that includes Frank and his wife, too, whom I like very much and also consider my friend. At one event, Frank, after a few beers, sat down next to me and looked me in the eye and said, have I ever told you that you've always been on my bucket list? He meant, of course, having sex with me. He went on and on about how he's attracted to me. I was utterly stunned and embarrassed. I didn't know what to say and was worried that someone would overhear him and think we were having an affair. I made a light-hearted comment, as if he'd been joking, and excused myself to talk to someone else. Sugars, I know that Frank is at fault here, and I know I've done nothing to lead him to think I would be interested in a relationship with him. What is the best way for me to set him straight? I have trouble being blunt, even when I should be, because I hate hurting another person's feelings. I want to say something to Frank that makes it clear that his behavior isn't okay and must stop. I'm not sure how to say it, partially because I know if I say something, he will say, oh, I'm just joking, and try to make me feel stupid. I need help with making my point short, sweet, and clear. Please help me find the right words. Sincerely, Frankly Annoyed.
0: Mm, Frankly Annoyed. This is a very easy question to answer and a hard question thing to carry out, especially for someone like you. It's very apparent to me that you are a people pleaser and somebody who likes to smooth things over and not make anyone uncomfortable. But sometimes in life, we are required to go against that natural thing that we're inclined to do and do the opposite thing. And almost always, that is a great test of our own strength and character. Mm -hmm. And it leads to us becoming better people. And this is going to be one of those moments for you, frankly, annoyed. You know the words, you know that Frank is acting inappropriately, he's not joking he has clearly some sexual desire or some sexual fantasy about you and you do not want him to share that with you anymore and and you know don't do don't make it okay don't say oh i'm so flattered that you're attracted all this stuff it's it's wrong it's inappropriate and you need to set the record straight it doesn't matter if you hurt his feelings okay he's not concerned about hurting yours Mm -mm. by making you feel so humiliated so you need frankly annoyed to say frank You have now numerous times sent me texts that are are inappropriate, and you've said things to me that are inappropriate. I am married. I am not interested in having anything but a friendship with you, and you must stop saying these things to me. And if you don't stop saying these things to me, I am going to stop being your friend.
1: Let me take that one step further. I think that's absolutely all right on the money. I think he's being a bully. And I think what you have to do to Frank in this moment is say, I have received this unwanted attention from you even after I've made it clear that I don't want it. I've showed my husband your text, and the next time you say one word that I deem inappropriate, your wife will know about it, and it will be an issue in your marriage because you've made it an issue in my marriage. This is the kind of hectoring and bullying that I do think is a byproduct of the larger sort of patriarchal overlay. You just wouldn't... It is almost impossible to think of a woman behaving this way towards a man. There's a kind mm-hmm. of predatory nature to this and because you've rebuffed his advances he's humiliated and ashamed and the way that he's dealing with that is pushing further, bullying you, making things uncomfortable for you, even at when he knows you're not interested. It's that moment where the spurned lover becomes your enemy. And the only way to respond to that is by saying you're messing with my marriage and my social circle and I am going to mess with your marriage and your social and circle. So-
0: right, and If you really want
1: to be enemies, we'll be enemies.
0: That's right. And I think, too, I want to just say, you know, so much of your letter, you've rebuffed his advances, but in a way that complies with essentially this very patriarchal social order. And that is you don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. You say something to him in a lighthearted way. I understand why you've done those things, because trust me, sister, I've done them, too. But we were both raised, you know, in a culture that expects women, you know, to sort of humor men who are being ghastly to them, you know, to sort of get along and go along to keep the peace, you know, in your marriage or in your circle of friends. And, you know, I think that you just can't be the peacekeeper anymore. And you need to be loud and proud. If he does not listen to you when you tell him, don't do that again. I love Steve's advice. Bring it into his marriage. Bring it into your circle of friends too. say out loud in front of that all those people. If he says something to you, like you're on my bucket list, look around the room and say, he just told me that he would like to have sex with me, even though, you know, here we are married to other people who are right. allegedly
1: friends. Right. It's like when you said last week to the letter writer, you know, when when you see a moment where this guy is controlling, you need to say, you know, the, the, the woman's concern was her boyfriend being controlling and manipulative. Call him out in that moment. I think it's great advice. I think it might be impossible, frankly, annoyed for you. It, just constitutionally, characterologically, to follow that advice. But this guy has been sloppy. He sent you a bunch of inappropriate texts. It's evidence. It's there on your phone. Mm-hmm. And you could even put it if you don't if you want to really make it unconfrontational, you can say, listen. How do you think your wife would feel if I sent these texts to her and told her the various comments that you've made? Because um, if you think she would think it's just a joke, well, we'll just test that theory out. If yeah. you're just joking around, Frank, I call your bluff.
0: So you can see we're worked up about this. Yeah, sorry. And <laughs> and the reason deep it breath, is frankly annoyed breath. is it's because the answer's clear. Yeah. You know, yeah. Most of us want to be polite and smooth things over and make things happy and and peaceful most of the time but sometimes you know those bullies push us into the corner and we have to fight back
1: Be careful.
0: You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. Okay, I'm going to read the next letter. The last letter, actually. Mm. Dear Sugars, Recently my closest friend told me he was in love with me. After a whole week of discussing what it would mean for our friendship if we became romantically involved with each other, we decided we wanted to be in a relationship. I had originally wanted to test the waters without telling our friends, but he insisted that he wanted a relationship and that we should be open with everyone about it, our friends and families. Two days later, we were having a conversation over text, and I mentioned that I'd told one of our mutual friends about our relationship, just as he'd asked me to do. His response was, I'm not sure this is worth shaking up our social structure. Soon it became clear that he was looking for an out from our relationship. I'm not one to beg someone to be with me, so we ended the conversation and our relationship then and there, over text, two days after it began. I told him I was humiliated and heartbroken, and I asked him to leave me alone. I haven't heard from him since. My question is this, Sugars. What now? This is one of my most important friendships. We've been in constant contact for more than a year. Can our friendship survive this? Should I want it to? Clearly, this is not the man for me when it comes to love, but I'm most upset that he would treat a friend this way. Was this a lapse in judgment, or does it speak to his character? It's okay for him to not want to be with me romantically, even though he told me he's been in love with me for months, but I'm torn about what comes next and how to handle it. Signed, Bewildered Friend. Ugh.
1: So this is a lapse in judgment that does speak to his character. This is a catch and release kind of guy. The whole idea is to catch. And the moment you've got it, then you release. Mm. And boy, I'll tell you what a trap door he opened underneath you. Because the moment you say, hey, this crazy thing is happening, I need to tell you because my now boyfriend, I guess, told me I should, you know, that we should. He just drops you like a hot potato by text. Like, oh my God. Clearly you're not going to be romantically involved with him. He sounds like until he gets his shit seriously straightened out and comes to you with an apology and an explanation, I wouldn't let him anywhere near you. And I know that's a painful thing to say because you're still attached to the idea that you're going to retain this friendship. I'm sorry. that is n- Take the romance out of it. That is not how a friend behaves.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with Steve, bewildered friend. And you know, I think that this sounds kind of harsh, but I, I I think you had a breakup, and he treated you badly, and you decided to part ways, and you told him not to contact you anymore. And I think that you need to just go forward, and there are other people with whom you can be friends. And there's also the possibility that he'll circle back to you. But let him do that work. I mean, if, if you know we all mess up, we all get confused. We all, Say one thing at one point and then and can't keep that promise. And I think that you know, if he comes to that realization that in fact he wronged you and that he does value your friendship, you know, let him be the one to come to you and say that. What I really hope you won't do is go crawling back to him and say, Please, please, please. Uh, you know, be nice to me again, because I just value our friendship too much, even though you Ugh. treated me like shit. right? You know, the person who, who did the wrong needs to take responsibility for that yeah. and say, I'm sorry, and I want to make amends. And yeah. so bewildered friend, if indeed this friend of yours comes to you and says this, then let him back in and see what happens and see if that, those regrets are sincere. But I don't see any reason for you to loop back and say, oh, I value this friendship so much it must be saved, right. because he destroyed it. And so, you know, you just need to walk forward, my yeah. dear. Just walk forward and yeah. put this guy behind you.
1: And to circle back to, to, you know, the first letter that we talked about, which was very much about, you know, what are the perils when men and women, heterosexual men and women, engage in a friendship? And can't it always lead to, doesn't isn't it inevitable that there are romantic feelings that come up, desirous feelings... And can a friendship possibly survive that? And the answer to all those questions is, yeah, but we got to hold up our ends of the bargain Mm -hmm. and gently or more firmly declare, if you want my friendship, here's what makes you worthy of it, right? A basic level of, of consideration. You don't have to be the sensitive guy who reaches out, but you can't run over me with a Mack truck of love and then expect me to dust myself up and say, please, can I have another?
0: Yeah. We're done. We're done. <laughs> we have nothing. No more we have, letters. We have
1: completely exhausted any pop. But actually, I want to throw out a challenge to our listeners, Cheryl, if if I might. Okay. Um, you will have noticed that many of our listeners and a lot of our letter writers are women. I'm curious because I do run into a lot of men who listen to the show. I would love just to get some feedback and maybe even some questions from men who are struggling with their friendships with women. So I hereby throw down that gauntlet. And I you know what I mean? I would like to hear what it is like from the other direction. Um, And I know that all of our listeners, or at least based on what we read, are deeply thoughtful people who aren't just going to ask us, why doesn't she like basketball more?
0: Yeah, well, I I wonder if there is that corollary. Why the hell does she always want to talk? It's like deep thoughts with... With the ladies, you know, it's like, but you know, I think that um, there is that kind of thing where men are listening but not necessarily reaching out to communicate.
1: And that's what I am saying here. So, if your dude who's out there, guess
0: what, we're gonna do a theme show on basketball
1: yes
0: your dream has come true write us all your sports related questions Mm -hmm. and i'll do my very best to answer them
1: yeah exactly and i'll just remain in a silent state of hysterics all right okay
0: this has been another episode of dear sugar radio we're produced by wbur in boston we're produced and edited by amory sievertson we're recording at talk back sound and visual in portland oregon Mm -hmm. our engineer is josh millman our theme music is by the Portland band Wonderly. Vocals are by Liz Weiss. Mm-hmm. Please subscribe to Dear Sugar Radio on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dear Sugar Radio. You can also write us those sports-related uh, <laughs> you know, conundrums at dearsugarradio at gmail.com.
1: Yes, absolutely. Dude, Hans, we want to hear from you, Hans.